Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches a special Christmas message entitled, The Indescribable Gift. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Luke chapter 1. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, I again present to you God's indescribable gift of His Son, Savior, Christ the Lord. Receive Him, confess Him, surrender to Him, worship Him, serve Him, and proclaim Him. Don't say with Elvis Presley, return to the sender. I have need of nothing. I am wealthy, I am healthy, and I am powerful. Receive God's gift. American politicians on election times fall in love with Jesus. To seduce the evangelical electorate into voting for them. I remember President George W. Bush declaring that he considered Jesus as his philosopher. That statement no doubt gave him vast majority of the evangelical vote. But we do not read in the Bible that Jesus was known as a philosopher. There are philosophers dying a dozen. Imagine what had happened to Mr. Bush had he said and confessed that Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Lord. I obey him. I worship him. I serve him. Away with all this idea that Jesus is my philosopher. The Gospel of Luke tells us in the first two chapters the person of Jesus Christ. And being a philosopher is not a description of Jesus. I know throughout the world Christmas is celebrated. It is a time of great joy. India, a Hindu country, also celebrates Christmas. People get together, they eat and they drink and give presents to each other. Most peoples of the world have no clear idea of the significance of this season. It is another holiday for celebration. But Christmas points to the greatest event in history. History cannot be understood without the biblical revelation of creation, fall, and redemption. God triune existed from all eternity. God alone, as we confess, is self-existing, self-sufficient, independent, and infinite personal being. God created the worlds, including humans. God permitted sin to enter the world, and we read Adam and Eve sinned, and all creation fell, and subject to God's wrath. But God also has a plan of redemption. Redemption of man as well as the cosmos. He has a plan to redeem us through a man, Jesus Christ, Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. Because of sin, man must die. The wages of sin is death. That is not negotiable. 
So only a man can redeem sinful men by dying their death. But such a redeemer must be sinless. Such a redeemer must also be infinite to redeem all elect sinners of the world. Such a redeemer therefore must be God-man. So the Old Testament promised such a man to redeem us by defeating and destroying the devil, the enemy of all good. So we read in the Proto-Evangelion in Genesis 3.15, we read about the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. Genesis 22.18 tells us seed of Abraham, the savior of the world, in whom all the families of the earth will be blessed. 2 Samuel 7 tells us the son of David, an everlasting king. And Isaiah 7.14 tells us the son of the virgin. Isaiah 9.6 tells us God has given us a gift, a child, a son. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And Luke 1 verse 26 reveals to us this seed of the woman as the son of Virgin Mary. And St. John tells us in chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. God sent in his Son the greatest gift for sinners like us. He came from heaven. To earth, and Saint Paul tells us in Second Corinthians nine twenty four. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. The greatest event in all of human history is the coming of a Savior into the world, giving meaning to history. Without His coming, there is no meaning. He came into the world to save the world from divine destruction. The greatest event is the birth of Jesus. In Bethlehem, in a cave where cattle were kept, Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus. What is the significance of this incarnation of God's Son? Listen to my former professor, the late... John Murray. The incarnation is the conjunction in one person of all that belongs to Godhead and all that belongs to manhood. Incarnation means that he who never began in his specific identity as son of God began to be what he eternally was not. And he says, the infinite became the finite. The eternal and supratural enter time and become subject to its conditions. The immutable became mutable. The invisible became the visible. The created became the created. The sustainer of all became dependent. The almighty became infirm. In some God became man. And he who denies this incarnation. Apostle John says he is an antichrist. 
This son did not come to indwell a human being as Holy Spirit does. This son did not take the place of a human soul. Son took to himself a human soul and a human body. Son became the man, Christ Jesus. His manhood is permanent. He was sinless and impeccable. Hence he obeyed God actively and passively. He obeyed God vicariously and representatively. Hence Paul could say, for our eternal comfort and joy, Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. The Virgin Mary delivered the baby in Bethlehem cave in the presence of Joseph. When Caesar Augustus was reigning in Rome, and he was the grandnephew of Julius Caesar who adopted him, and so he became the heir to the throne. He was known as Augustus Julius Caesar Octavianus, and he ruled for 57 years, 43 BC to 14 AD. And he was the sole ruler of the Roman Empire from 27 BC to AD 14. And Jesus was born during his reign, around 7 BC, before the death of Herod the Great, which took place in 4 BC. It was, we are told, a time of Roman peace, Pax Romana. Pax Romana established by Roman conquest, conquest of all the enemies. Caesar Augustus was called Savior, and many recognized him as divine Son of God. The Mirian inscription reads, Divine Augustus Caesar, son of a God, imperator of land and sea, the benefactor and savior of the whole world. This Caesar Augustus gave an order that all the world should be registered for purposes of taxation and military service and so on. Therefore, Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem from Galilee to register. But Caesar Augustus is under the sovereign God of the Bible. It was the sovereign God's will that the Savior of the world should be born in Bethlehem in the city of David. And his will must be done. As revealed in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. His will that he should be born in Bethlehem was revealed 700 years before the order of Caesar Augustus went out. So it happened to redeem a fallen world. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now let me tell you, in chapter 2 of Luke, God himself celebrated the birth of his son Jesus. Birth of his son in a cave in Bethlehem. In the night he was born. The news of the birth of Jesus was not sent to Herod the Great or the Sanhedrin, or the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus. 
None of them was invited to celebrate the first Christmas. God ignored the centers of power. He invited some poor shepherds of Bethlehem. They were watching their sheep by night. Shepherds belong to the bottom of society. They were the pariahs and the untouchables of the day. They were like the publicans. They were seen as thieves. They were not. They were unclean because they could not keep the ceremonial laws. They were considered liars. They were forbidden to give witness in a court. They were considered the great sinners of the time. Yet God invites these great sinners to hear the gospel and celebrate the birthday of Jesus. Let me tell you, this is always the way of God. God gives the greatest honor of becoming the mother of our Lord to a 13-year-old poor virgin who comes from a family that is poor and without any distinction. And hear Mary's own words in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. So also he chooses to hear the gospel and celebrate and proclaim the birth of Jesus, the most undeserving shepherds. Let me tell you about the God I believe in. The hungry he feeds, the rich he sends empty away. He lifts up the humble and puts down the arrogant. He gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. He saves mighty sinners and condemns the self-righteous. This is God's way always. Turn with me to the book of James chapter 2 and verse 5. Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? Turn with me again to 1 Corinthians 1 and beginning with verse 26. Here, St. Paul tells the same story. Brothers, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame. He has a purpose to shame the wise things of the world. Foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and despised things, things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. If you haven't submitted to this Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it is because you are rich, you are arrogant, you are proud. And God sends the rich empty away. And he puts down the arrogant and the proud. The mighty he rejects. 
the mighty of Bethlehem rejected him. He came to his own, his own received him not. The mighty rejects him and he rejects the mighty. And there are mighty sitting here and hearing my voice this morning. You are young, you are old, you are middle-aged. It doesn't make any difference if you haven't bowed down to this Jesus Christ. You are mighty, you are self-righteous, you are arrogant, you are rich. And you say, send back to the sender. I reject, I exchange the knowledge of the gospel for that which is evil. That for a lie. There was no room for the son of God, son of David in Bethlehem. Jesus was rejected and Jesus rejects you. So the angel came to the shepherds by night. God himself came to the party. When we read the gospel account carefully. For we read the glory of the Lord was shown around them. God was there with his entourage of multitude of angels. There was the annunciation of the Lord to the poor, wretched, unclean shepherds. When God speaks to sinners, whether through an angel or directly, let me tell you what happens. Sinners are filled with fear, great fear. So we read, Zechariah was afraid. Mary herself, a sinner, was afraid when angels spoke to her. Now we see the shepherds were greatly afraid. They were afraid with a great fear. We ask the question, why this great fear? Because God is holy. Isaiah himself confessed, when he saw God's glory, I am undone. I am sinful, I must die. Ages of sin is death. How can a sinner stand in the glory of God's presence? They were terrified with great fear. How can we be delivered out of our great fear of death? Eternal death. The only remedy is the hearing of the gospel. Fear not. I am coming to you, telling you good news of great joy. The happiest person on the face of the earth is a Christian. He has reason to rejoice with the great joy. We need to hear the gracious gospel. Hear the gospel which the shepherds heard first. Fear not. Stop being afraid. You shall not die. You shall not experience God's wrath. You shall not go to hell. Someone else shall die in your presence. Someone else shall go to hell in your place. He is born. He is born to die in your place as your representative. He is your mediator. He is your atonement. He is your high priest. Don't be afraid. I bring you for your benefit good news of great joy. Instead of great fear, there is good news of great joy. 
hear the good news, believe the good news, experience everlasting joy. Wrath of God is gone. Death is gone. Fear is gone. Hell is taken away. I hear the good news. I believe the good news. I rejoice. I thank God for proclaiming good news to me. The chief of sinners, even me, you have spoken your gospel to me. This good news of great joy, this gospel has to do with an infant born today in Bethlehem. The Son of God, wrapped in flesh and wrapped in used strips of clothing, lying in a cattle feeding trough. What a contrast. The question is, who is this baby? A philosopher? That he is not. As I said, there are philosophers dime a dozen in the history of the world. Every person is a philosopher. And his philosophy is, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. We all are philosophers. We know what philosophy is all about. But this one is no philosopher. To Mary the angel revealed her son as Jesus. You will call his name Jesus. He is a human being. He is a historical person. He entered history. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. The fulfillment of God's promise has come in Jesus one who saves his people from their sins. That's what this person is. He's Jesus. The only savior of the whole world. And not only that. To Mary it was revealed. This one is son of the most high. That is son of God. Which means he is the unique son of God. The second person of the Trinity. That he is God himself. In human flesh. Not a philosopher sir. Away with all such description. Of this Jesus. Who is God himself. And not only that to her. Gabriel said he is eternal king of the house of David in fulfillment of the covenant with David and in fulfillment of Isaiah prophecy in chapter 9, 6 and 7. He is the eternal king who conquers all enemies and he rules beneficently his people and his people will submit to him subject to him confess him and serve him and sing to his glorious praise he will not tolerate any enmity in his kingdom and his kingdom has no end and his reign rule has no end Mary was told by Gabriel he is the holy one thank God he is the holy one He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was sinless fit to be our savior and atonement. Now to the shepherds, the angel reveals that this infant lying in a cave, in a cattle trough wrapped in used clothing, this homeless infant is... Savior, Savior.
Caesar Augustus cannot save anybody. He cannot give peace to anybody. He can proclaim himself savior. That doesn't mean anything. Jesus gives peace and joy as no one else can give peace and joy. He gives his peace and his joy. He savior, sir. Savior. Don't call him philosopher, Mr. Bush. He's savior. Why do we need a savior? Because we are fallen. We are sinners. We are under God's wrath. We are guilty. We must die. Unless someone else take our sins and guilt and die our eternal death. We all are sinners. We must die. All have sinned. Including the Virgin Mary. We all need a savior. The shepherds of Bethlehem were sinners. They represent all elect sinners. We need a savior. And God has sent us a savior. A great savior. Hallelujah. His greatest gift to you. In him we receive grace and salvation. Let us rejoice greatly. For grace. Let me tell you that's what we need. Grace. Here it is in chapter 1. Chapter 1, we are told, rejoice. I translate it this way in the Greek text, not greetings. Luke one twenty-eight. I will translate, rejoice, you who are filled with grace. Not source of grace, but one who received grace to the full. Rejoice for this reason. You are filled with grace. You have found grace with God. Noah found grace with God. Mary found grace with God. Shepherds found grace with God. Zechariah found grace with God. We need grace. Hallelujah. Salvation is by grace. And then look at verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found grace. The antidote to great fear is the receiving of the gospel of God's everlasting grace. Old Testament promised us a savior. We read in Isaiah, Yahweh was pictured as savior of his people. This Yahweh now we see as Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else in the whole universe. Jesus is the only Savior of the world. Savior of Jews and Muslims, Christians, atheists, and everybody else. There is no other Savior. Everybody must repent and believe in this Savior to be saved. So he says, so it is good news. Of great joy. The good news that gives great joy. Not just for one person or two people. But for all the people. No wonder he was confessed by the Samaritan. He is the savior of the world. He is the savior of the world. In the seed of Abraham in Jesus. All the families of the earth be blessed. And we have people from all over the world. All over the world. Receiving Jesus Christ. In Jesus all the families of the earth be blessed. And we are told God so loved the world. Good news of great joy for all the people. Today there is born. No more looking for the fulfillment. 
of God's promise of a savior. He has come, he is born today. We have a savior in whom every promise is fulfilled. Today is the day of fulfillment, celebration, salvation, great joy. You are blessed because you live today. And that today continues on till Jesus comes again. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. The thief who confessed Jesus on the cross, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So let us praise God for today. Today is your day of salvation. Soon your today shall end when you die. And my prayer to you and request to you and I beseech you in the name of Jesus Christ receive him and be saved today and not only that he is Christ sir this infant wrapped in flesh and wrapped in used clothes lying in a trough is none other than Christ. He is the Messiah promised. He is the anointed, equipped, qualified to be the prophet, priest and conquering king. And we are told by St. John he was filled with the Holy Ghost without measure. He is the promised deliverer for people to deliver them from their guilt and misery and death and slavery. And he himself said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 citing Isaiah 61 the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. That's what Messiah means. Anointed one. For what purpose? To preach good news to the poor. Let me ask you are you the poor? Then good news will be preached to you. To proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Are you prisoner? He will set you free. He gives sight to the blind. Come to him as blind. And he will ask you what do you want. You tell him I want sight. And he shall give you sight. And he releases the oppressed. Come to him. Oppressed of the devil. And he shall release you from your oppression. Set you free. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And it is he who proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. That is Lord's grace. Rejoice greatly the poor, the prisoners, the oppressed, the blind, the deaf, the dead. Rejoice! Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Rejoice. Let's rejoice today. Praise you, the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, he is also the Lord. This helpless, dependent, poor infant is Lord. That means he is God. He is Yahweh. He is creator God. He is redeemer God. He is covenant Lord. He is all sovereign. And all things are put under his feet. The Lord has come. The king has come. The Savior has come. The Messiah has come. Bow down before him. Surrender to him. Serve him. Let me read to you from Isaiah. Oh, this good news of great joy. Isaiah 40, beginning with verse 9. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go upon a high mountain. You who bring tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say it to the towns of Judah. Here is your God. 
See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And turn with me to Isaiah 52. And let me read about the good news that Isaiah spoke about. Isaiah 52 beginning with verse 7 through 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim what is its salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices together. They shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into song of joy together. Your ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations, and all the ends of the earth will see. Hallelujah. The Salvation of the Lord. And Isaiah 53 and verse 11. Here it is. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquity. And not only that, this one brings glory to God in the highest. That's what the angels are singing. This one will bring glory to God in the highest. He will honor God the Father by complete trust and obedience. God's purpose will prosper in his hand. He will do all things for God's glory. He will die on the cross to fulfill God's purpose of saving sinners justly. Jesus said therefore of himself in John 17 verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth. By completing the work you gave me to do. No other human being did it. He did it. Glory to God in the highest. Adam and all his fallen descendants dishonored God. Jesus came to glorify God. So glory to God in the highest. The angels sing. Meaning this infant will bring glory to God. And not only that, finally, peace on earth. This infant will bring about peace on earth by bringing peace between God and sinners. God and sinners reconciled by the cross upon which Jesus Christ died. Jeremiah said, 23, 6, Jesus, God is, the Lord is our righteousness. And Micah said in chapter 5 and verse 5, this ruler born in Bethlehem is our peace. He brings about peace between God and man, and man, and man. You and your wife can live together without divorce. Hallelujah. In love. Hallelujah. You can have a community of believers who will love one another and lay down their life for one another. It is all because of this infant. 
No, Augustus Caesar is not the savior. He is not the author of true peace. True savior and true author of peace is the infant born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, Lord, Son of Most High, Holy One, King Eternal, one who would die on the cross for the sins of the world. The angel has brought the good news to the shepherds. Now I am preaching the good news which Jesus and his apostles preached. I am preaching to you. Behold your Savior, Christ the Lord. Salvation, we are told, is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of a Jew by name, Jesus. Crucified, risen, and reigning. And so what ought to be our response to this good news? Mary believed. Let me read it to you, chapter 1, and beginning with verse 38. I am the Lord's slave, should be slave. I am the Lord's slave. May to me, as you have said, she believed. She trusted God for everything. What about the shepherds? They believed. You read chapter 2, 15 through 20. They hurried to Bethlehem. They searched for the baby. They found the baby. They published the message. The baby is our Savior, our Christ, our Lord, who destroys all our fears and grants us great joy. He is the great liberator. They believed. They surrendered to this Jesus. They worshipped him. Mary was a sinner. Mary trusted in her son, Savior. Elizabeth trusted in this infant while he was still in Mary's womb. Turn with me to chapter 1. Verse 42 and 43, in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among men, and blessed is the child you, but the fruit of your womb. That's the literal reading. But why am I so favored that the mother notice of my Lord? She confesses the infant in the womb of Jesus to be her Lord. My Lord should come to me. Oh, this is grace. This is condescending grace. So did the shepherds too. They believed. What is the response to grace? Believe. Receive. Hallelujah. Now read the book of Romans. St. Paul speaks about the necessity of a preacher called by God. And he preaches. Faith comes by hearing the gospel that he preaches. And you must believe the gospel. You must confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved and call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, only two responses to the gospel. Receive or write on it. Send back to the sender. Surrender. Believe. Worship. Receive. Or rebellion, unbelief, enmity. By all means, don't see him as a philosopher. Confess him as Savior, Christ the Lord. This Jesus is also the judge. He has come into the world. Also as the stone, not cut by human hand. He's falling and he's coming to destroy all opposing powers of the world. This stone will fall on the rebel. And there are rebels hearing my voice this morning. And I plead with you. Stop your rebellion. Fall down. 
kiss the son, believe him, receive his grace, surrender and be saved. Oppose and be destroyed. But who can stand the wrath of the Lamb? I urge you and plead with you, receive God's indescribable gift. God's Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who though rich, yet for your sakes became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. I received the gift long ago. I am still unwrapping it. Jesus makes me happy every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't give me stuff. Tell me about Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell me about Jesus, Savior, Christ the Lord. And it is my prayer that he be your Savior, your Christ, your Lord, this Christmas season. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.